We're going to get into the word of the Lord here. Jeremiah chapter 17. Amen. And then also in Psalms chapter 43. I heard a story from a wise man told a story once of a farmer. And he had a boy that went off to Bible school. And he came back. He was zealous to preach his sermon. His first sermon at the church was a small little country church and showed up. There was only one other person in the congregation and he decided I'm going to preach my whole sermon. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. He preached for an hour. He preached, sweat, spit, did the whole thing. The wise old farmer pulled him aside at the end of it and he said something to the effect of you did a good job but listen next time you need to realize that when there's only one cow in the field you don't need to feed them the whole bale of hay. So in other words, just read the room and let's just let's be abbreviated in our in our preaching here today. Amen. I said a wise man told me that. I don't know if I jumbled that up or not, but it's good enough. We're going to get into the word of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 17. I'll try to be succinct this morning, but I want to give you something that's been on my mind and on my heart. <clears throat> the Bible tells us, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes his flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Verse 6, he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come of it. When you trust in man and not in God, when you trust in earthly institutions, earthly kingdoms, earth, earthly offices, earthly outcomes, he will dwell in parched places of the wilderness because it's always going to leave you wanting. It's always going to leave you lacking when you put your trust and your hope in the wrong places and in an uninhabited salt land. You're going to live in a desert of expectations, unmet expectations. Verse 7, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by a water that sends out its roots by the stream and who does not fear when heat comes, no matter what the outcome, no matter what the results, no matter what happens in Washington, D.C. If our trust is in the Lord, no matter what happens, he's not going to fear, he's not going to worry because his leaves will remain green and, his, and he will not be anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. When you put your trust in God, your hopes are eternal, and the heart is deceitful. Get this, above all things and desperately wicked, who can understand it? In other words, our heart, our hearts, our human hearts are prone to trusting in, in inferior outcomes. However, God is good and God is gracious, and God helps us to remain, to keep our faith and our hope in the right things. Amen. Psalms chapter 43, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Don't hope in the news. Don't hope in the stock market. Hope in God. For I shall yet praise Him for the help of my countenance and my God. Amen. He's going to help me today. And that's what I want to just talk about this morning. There is hope. There's hope. Your expectations may have failed you. Your desires may have let you down. But I want to tell you there is a God that is seated high. And He is eternal. And He is all-powerful. And He is able. And as long as there's a God and as long as you know that God, there is hope. Is that all right this morning? Can we, can, we, can, we, can we just try to get into that this morning? Let's be 
Let's, let's just get a hold of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. We thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, faithful ears that have come to hear. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would encourage, strengthen, just uh, help us today. Help the preacher, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Amen. There is hope. Say that with me. There is hope. That's our statement this year. There is hope. It's the title of my message, and I hope it's the theme of our life and of our year. Three simple words. There is hope. No matter what this year will bring us, there's still hope. No matter what politicians may say or what they may do, there is hope. No matter what you read or hear or see on cable news networks, there's still hope. No matter what happens and challenges may arise, there's still hope. No matter what twists and turns we may encounter throughout this life, I want to tell you this morning that there is still hope. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your future. It's a hope that we have this morning because there's a hope that we have in God. Hope is a word that we can all understand when we hear this word hope, I think we all kind of know and sense what that word hope means. We know how it feels to have hope, amen? We understand the concept of hope. However, there's still something mysterious about this idea of hope. You see, Webster defines hope as a feeling of expectation. It's a trust and it's a desire for a certain thing to happen. The verb hope simply means that we believe that something will happen in a certain or a desired way, that, that we hope that something is going to be true. We've all heard people say things like, I hope that, that I get that job. I hope that he likes me. I hope that she likes me. I hope that the preacher doesn't take too long. I hope. We all know and understand what it means to have hope. To hope is to want something to happen or to want something to be true. And hope is a very powerful thing. It was a clinical psychiatrist by the name of Dale Archer who wrote an article in Psychology Today that he entitled The Power of Hope. And he said, if I could find a way to package and dispense hope, I would have a pill more powerful than any antidepressant on the market today. Hope is often the only thing between a man and the abyss or a man in the grave. As long as the patient, as long as an individual, as long as a victim has hope, they can recover from anything and from everything. But he says if they lose hope, unless you get them to get it back, all is lost. See, hope is so powerful that hope itself can change our life. Hope can change our outcome. Hope is more powerful than a pill. Hope is more powerful than a dose that if a patient, a person, a victim, or a Christian Christian can just get a little bit of hope in their life that no matter where they are, no matter what they're going through, they can recover, they can heal, and they can overcome anything if they just have hope. But this psychiatrist, he also said that not only is hope powerful, not only is hope significant, but the lack of hope is just as powerful and just as significant. See, perhaps the best way to understand and appreciate hope is to think about the opposite of what hope is, and that is, what is it, folks? It's hopelessness. 
I want to imagine, I would imagine that everyone in this service this morning has experienced at one time or another the feeling of hopelessness. We all know what hopelessness feels like. Hopelessness is when you no longer believe. You no longer believe that there's a way out. Hopelessness is when you no longer expect things to get better. You no longer expect things to change. You don't think it's ever going to get better. You think that it's all over. You feel like all is lost. You feel like the clouds of hopelessness have set in and there's nothing left for you to do that whatever it is you've hoped in has ultimately failed you and the desire of your hope has let you down. Hopelessness is a terrible thing. You may lose a lot of things in life. If you're like me, you lose your keys a lot. That's why I got a tile. It's one of the greatest inventions ever made. It's a little USB device, Bluetooth. You stick it on your keychain, and no matter where your keys are, you can ring just a little buzzer, and they'll tell you where your keys are. It's a wonderful invention. You should get it. I recommend it. You can lose a lot of things, the keys. You can lose a job. You can lose relationships. You could even lose your passion. Sometimes you can lose your way. You could ultimately even lose your religion or your faith. But I want to tell you that one thing you don't ever want to lose in life, hear me right now, is you don't ever want to lose hope. If you lose hope, just like that psychiatrist said, you lose everything. The author of that article, he said, hope is often the only thing between a man and the grave. It was this hopelessness that we're describing that was felt in the book of Acts chapter 27, where a group of men had lost their hope. They had felt like they've reached the end of their rope when they didn't believe that there was going to be a way out. They didn't feel like there was anything worth gaining, that all had been lost. It was Paul who was trying to minister to these hopeless men in Acts chapter 27 while he was on his voyage to Rome. And he was on this vessel and there came a great Eurycleton. It was a giant cyclone that's in the Mediterranean. And it was a great storm that had engulfed this boat that Paul and all these companions of his that were, they were on this boat heading to Rome so that Paul could give an account before Caesar of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was in Acts chapter 27, verse 20, that the Bible says, Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days because of the storm and no small tempest beat upon us, He said, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. In other words, because of the storms, because of the wind, because of the rain, because of the tempest, because of the dark clouds that they had endured, now for days upon end, all of the men on this boat had lost their hope. Not one of them believed that life could get any better. Not one of them believed that their outcome could change. Not one of them believed that they were going to endure this storm that they were experiencing. They had all felt hopeless. But it was here that Paul delivered a message that I want to deliver, and that is simply that no matter what storm you're facing, no matter how dark your clouds may be this morning, that if you can just recognize and realize that if you have God on your boat, that if you have God in your life, and if you have God in your situation, that there is always hope. Put our hands together, and let's just thank the Lord for that. We'll tell you that there's hope today. It was in Acts chapter 27 here, Paul addressed these men to tell them that there's still hope. He said after this long absence, absence from food, and Paul stood up in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. 
He said, if not, he said, if we had not sailed from Crete and incurred the disaster and loss, now I urge you to take heart, be encouraged, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of this ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve, saying, don't be afraid, Paul. you got to be brought before Caesar. God's not done with your life. God's still got more for your life. And so, indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God, that it will be just as it was told unto me. Paul was saying it doesn't matter what happens in the circumstances. We may lose the boat. The circumstances may seem disastrous. But at the end of the day, God is with us us. God is for us. God's not through with us. And so therefore you need to recognize that if you've got God, you have got hope. I want to tell you today that no matter where you are and no matter what you're going through, that if you can just hold on to your confidence in God, that no matter how dark your skies may be, there is still hope. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, we are hard pressed on all sides, yet we're not crushed. He said, I've been perplexed but I'm not in despair. He said, I faced persecution, but I'm not forsaken. I've been struck down, but I'm not destroyed. I've had some dark days. I've had some difficult days, but I'm still standing. Anyone ever feel like that today? I've, I've seen some, some bleak situations. I've seen some, some, some very difficult times and seasons in life. I've been through some struggles. I've been through some battles. Everyone else turned their back on me, but God was with me, and God was for me, and I know that now I still have hope. I've got hope. So this brings us quickly here to this text that I've read. I want to just give you some context here quickly. It was in Jeremiah chapter 17. It's a very interesting scripture. I've been reading through the book of Jeremiah a lot. This time period in which he was ministering. In it I see a lot of parallels to our current day and age. There's a lot of spiritual, even political, social parallels for us today. Because Jeremiah, hear me. Jeremiah was living in a day of great moral decline and a lot of political upheaval. Just It was chaos in the days in which Jeremiah was preaching and prophesying. And, and furthermore, to exasperate the situation, Jeremiah was one of multiple voices, hear me now, proclaiming contradicting messages, all claiming to speak for God. And it was causing a lot of confusion in the day. There was moral decline. There was just spirit. There was spiritual, social, political upheaval. The nation of Israel was an absolute mess. Jeremiah is called of God. He's trying to preach and prophesy, and now he's got all these other contemporaries just, just, just giving contradictory messages and sermons. And most of the prophets in Judah, in Judah, where Jeremiah was ministering, were proclaiming, get this, a positive outcome to the current political and social dilemma of their day. They declared that God was getting ready to defeat the Babylonians who were encircling and camping Israel. They were was getting ready to invade and destroy Israel. And they these preachers were saying everything's going to be fine. God's going to destroy uh, the, the, the Babylonians. He's going to reverse the exile. He's going to restore his people. And they had placed their hopes as a result of this false preaching and this false prophesying. The people of Israel had placed their hopes in a favorable political outcome. And yet Jeremiah was hearing from God. He was call, He was received a calling from God. God was dealing with Jeremiah to consistently prophesy the exact opposite of the popular message of that day. And he was telling the people that God was removing his hand from the nation because of their disobedience. 
He was the minority voice. He was trying to tell the people not to place their hopes in these shallow expectations that everything was not going to go back to normal, that things were not going to be fine, and things were not all going to be over soon. And so on one occasion in the book of Jeremiah, when he was confronted by one of these popular prophets in Judah who had openly contradicted Jeremiah and rebuked him for his message of quote-unquote hopelessness in front of all of the people, Jeremiah's response was significant and interesting for us today because in chapter 28, verses 5 through 10, he appropriately expressed what I believe is an important principle for some of what's going on in the day and age in which we live and I'm going to talk about on Wednesday, but in light of these contradictory messages and the accusation that his message of hopelessness was a negative message, Jeremiah gave a principle that I think is very important when he basically resigned to the fact that they're optimistic messages. He says, I don't agree with you. I hope what you're saying is true. I hope what you're saying is right. I hope everything works out the way we want it to. But at the end of the day, we're just going to all find out together. And then we will know the truth. He says, I believe you're placing your hope in temporary, just, just inferior desires and expectations and not in God's eternal purposes. But despite whatever eventual outcome we may face or find or see may come to pass, that's relevant in light of the, that, that despite that, whatever the outcome is, Jeremiah says, he says, God's eternal purposes will prevail. And it was, his, it was his message of God's eternal purposes that would not fail that I believe we need to grab a hold of today. And it was here in Jeremiah 17 where he solidifies this message. He says, despite how dark and hopeless it may seem, we still have hope because God's still on the throne. And here's what he says. Here's was a part of what his, his overarching message was. If we could look at Jeremiah 17 one more time, he says this. He says, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He said, he's like a shrub in the desert. He shall not see any good to come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. In other words, that when you keep placing your trust in, 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 in earthly outcomes, he says, you're going to be like a shrub in the middle of the desert. You're going to live just in a desert of unmet expectations. If you keep placing your trust in man, he says, it's going to be a disappointing, just long, just difficult road for you. He said, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who trusts whose trust is the Lord. Verse 8, He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when it comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You keep on believing in God. No matter what you see in the news, you keep on trusting in God. No matter what you hear, you keep on believing in the Word of God, standing on the Word of God, being faithful to God's eternal purposes and plan, knowing that despite what the outcome is, despite what the results are, despite what you see and what what you hear that God's purposes and God's plans will prevail. And if you can rest your hopes on God's purpose, then you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Despite the outcomes, your leaf will still be green and you will still bear fruit. And here's the lesson that our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? But nevertheless, keep on trusting in God. I want to just tell you today that quickly that the reason that God allowed his people ultimately to experience some of those, those seemingly unmet expectations when it seemed like in the end that their hopes were dashed and broken 
that despite their political upheaval, spiritual confusion, and competing voices, in the end of all of that, Judah ultimately failed to repent. The nation declined. Jerusalem was toppled. The people were exiled. Jeremiah was imprisoned, and the false prophets were exposed. But despite all those seemingly hopeless outcomes, Jeremiah's message prevailed that God is still in charge, God is still on the throne, and we still have hope. I want to tell you quickly that part of the reason God allows certain things in our life to happen the way they do, that if we could call them the Babylonian exiles of life, sometimes how many know you're going to go through life and you're going to put your trust in things, you're going to hope in certain things, and if you're anything like me, if you live long enough, you're going to realize that sometimes our hopes are, are not met. That, that our expectations fall through. And it's just like the children of Israel. They were led into exile when they were hoping for, a, for an upheaval. But at the end of the day, God's purposes were still, were still prevailed. I want to tell you, sometimes God will allow us to go through Babylonian seasons, Babylonian exiles, difficult times where our expectations are not met for a couple of reasons. I want to tell you that, that sometimes Babylon is a good thing. Sometimes Babylon is an important thing. Sometimes experiencing those dry seasons where, where, our, where our fears are faced and our hopes are not met is because God wants to show us some things in Babylon. I want to tell you today that sometimes Babylon is good because Babylon reveals where we have placed our trust. You could put that up there, that quote there, that Babylon reveals sometimes where we have placed our trust. That the children of Israel were putting their trust and their hope in the wrong things. They were placing their hope and their trust in the wrong things. And Babylon revealed that they were placing their hopes and their trust in inferior things. They were, they were placing their hopes and their trust in, in earthly outcomes. But at the end of the day, through that experience, God allowed them to endure that, to reveal to them and to refine their vision and their hope and their purpose for the future. I'm going to leave you three things we're going to leave. We'll be, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be out of here in five minutes, but I want to just share with you that in, in light of this season, that the children of Israel were, were met to confront their, their unmet expectations, that God, through that time, through that experience, allowed his eternal purposes to be revealed. And I want to tell us today that no matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, no matter what our expectations are, that we can still have a hope. We can still hang our hat on some very simple truths here today. Number one, I want to tell you that we can still trust and hope in the fact that we serve a faithful God. Amen? Do you believe that? That's what you can hope in. That no matter what the politicians say, no matter what happens in the economy, no matter what your 401k looks like, no matter what people say about you, no matter what others may think about you, you can still hope in a faithful God. That God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. That if we have God, that we can still know that we have hope. What, is, what did Jeremiah say as he was kind of wrapping up his thoughts on this whole experience? He had preached, he had prophesied, he had given them it, it all. People doubted him, people talked about him. He was ultimately in prison. The nation is exiled. All these, these, these earthly expectations had failed. And now Jeremiah, he rests his hat on this simple truth in Lamentations chapter 3. Look at this is what he says. He said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. Verse 24, for the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. He was saying this from a prison cell. He was saying this from a pit. He had watched the walls of Jerusalem fall. He had watched the kingdom 
be overcome and his people go into exile. But nevertheless, Jeremiah said, I still have hope that God is still faithful, that God is still true, that God will never leave, that his mercies are new every morning. If we have God, we have hope. Number two, I want to tell you that you can place your hope in the fact that the truth of God, that God always has a plan. God always has a plan. God always has an eternal purpose. God always has the outcome in mind. Even when it seems bad, you just keep on trusting. Even though you walk through the valley, even though it seems rough at times, just understand that he's your shepherd. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. And he has a plan for your life. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 29, in light of everything that I've just explained, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare, not for your evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. He was talking to a people that had just been exiled into Babylon, that all of their earthly expectations had just been dashed to the stone, dashed to the ground, that they'd burned down, that their, their hopes and their dreams that things were going to get back to normal were now lost. And he says that God still has an eternal plan for your life. Therefore, you have hope. And finally, I think we can walk out of here today knowing that, that if we have God, you know, if we have his presence in our life, then we can trust that if God has a plan and God has a purpose, then God is able to finish that which he has started in our life. Amen. Look what the Bible tells. The Bible tells us in Philippians, the Bible says that we are confident of, confident of this one thing. He says that, that, that he who has begun a good work in you, he, that he will continue it to perfection and will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. We can trust and we can hope that if God has begun a work, then God will finish the work that he started. Stand with me today. Amen. We have hope. I want to tell you that despite where we are in life, despite where we are in society, despite where we are in history, that just like Paul preached to that vessel that was being beat and battered by the storm, that they were hoping and just the thought that the storm is going to just destroy this vessel. And if the vessel is destroyed, if the boat is destroyed, if the boat sinks, that our hope is lost. You see that? They saw the, out, they saw the circumstances. They saw the conditions. They saw the dark clouds. They were, they were not stupid. This was not their first rodeo. They knew what was going to happen. And they equated their hopes to the outcome of that vessel. Paul said, here, I, I want to just tell you something. That God sent an angel to stand with me tonight. It's the God in whom I belong and it's the God in whom I serve. And he says, don't tie your hopes to the condition of this ship because yes, indeed, the ship is going to go down. But guess what? God is with us and his mercies are new every morning and God has an eternal plan and God's plan is not finished with us yet. And so I want to let you know that even though the ship may go down, we still have hope and not one of us is going to perish. I want to tell you today that if you can just get God in your situation, come on, if you can just get God in your life, if you can just get a hold of your faith, just get a hold of your hope, despite the outcome, we still have hope. It was... It was um, Joseph that taught us this. If you read Joseph's life, Joseph endured a lot of difficulty. Joseph 
endured seasons of hopelessness. He encountered what is ultimately just one of the just most discouraging stories in all of the Bible. His own family betrayed him. He was stuck in a pit of despair, literally. He was sold into slavery. He was abandoned by his own flesh and blood. He was carried off into exile. He, didn't, he, he received things he didn't deserve. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was forgotten about despite his faithfulness. He was treated as a prisoner despite his impeccable character. Yet despite having been, as the Bible describes, brought down into Egypt. Nevertheless, in Genesis chapter 39... The Bible explains to us, gives us just a very clear illustration of the fact that he was down in Egypt. He was down in the pit. His circumstances were about as bad as you could get. Nevertheless, he had hope because God was still with him. It was several times just in one chapter, in Genesis chapter 39, as it describes all these terrible circumstances, multiple times, one, two, three, four, five, six times, the Bible says despite his circumstance, God was still with Joseph. Verse 2, it says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. Verse 3, it says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Despite all the difficulties in his life, verse 5 says that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house, despite being talked about, despite being falsely accused, and now thrown a prison. Verse 21 in the same chapter says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And verse 23 says that the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. I want to tell you that we, you need to unattach your, your hope to the expectations of earthly outcomes and just attach your hope to the fact that God is eternal, that God has a purpose, that God has a plan, and that what God has started in your life, that God is able to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You may be in the prison, you may be in the pit, you may have been forgotten about, and you may have the dark clouds and the storms of life surrounding you, but if God is with you, you still have hope. Can we lift our hands all over this place?